Welcome to episode 130 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilow, and I am grateful that you have joined me here. I once heard a colleague say, if you give someone a dollar, at some point, you're going to get that dollar back. But if you give someone your time, for instance, 30 minutes, you'll never get that time back. It reminds me to be careful about how I spend my time, and it reminds me to be even more grateful when someone decides to spend their time with me. So thank you so much for the gift of your presence, and I hope you come away with inspiration, information, and a sense that it was time well spent. This episode focuses on what many people think of as an introvert's best friend, social media. I'll be back after the interview with my guest to share a few insights about my own experiences and strategy around social media. But before we move on to the conversation, I wanted to give you an update about the focus groups that I announced on the last podcast and held on September 28th. They were both super helpful and very productive, and I'm very grateful for everyone who chose again to spend their time with me and giving me feedback. And we had so much fun, and I'm still left with so many questions that I'm hosting one more focus group on Wednesday, October 5th. And that will happen at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can get all of the details and RSVP at my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash focus group. Let's get right into my conversation with today's guest. Thea Orozco is a life coach with a passion for helping people live bigger lives. As a strong introvert, she became a social media master after utilizing it for the family business during the heyday of MySpace. Now, she coaches her introvert entrepreneur clients in finding the best social media fit for them and the confidence to achieve the levels of visibility that they desire. She runs Introvertology, a website and community with the mission to help introverts be happy and healthy. You'll find information about how to connect with Thea, as well as links to her Introvert Island book selections in the episode show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Hi, Thea. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. It is a pleasure to be chatting with you today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, what is making you smile today? Well, besides being here and talking to you, um, <laughs> I would say that I'm going to be answering the like quintessential boring answer and topic, which is the weather. Like, ah. it's okay here. It's not 90 degrees this week. Um, in Los Angeles, it's like nice and 80 degrees. Mm. So the weather actually has a big effect on me. So yes, yes, I bet. Um, you know, it's funny here in the Pacific Northwest, like right now I'm looking out my window and it's overcast and very gray and it spit on me a little bit as I was walking into my office yeah. and, and people here are like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> It's about time. I mean, I think we love our our sunshine and our, you know, clear skies and all of that. But Uh I think people crave um, the coziness or something of this kind of weather. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice and introverted, actually. It's just nice. You can cozy in into your own home and like read a book or something. Exactly. Exactly. So I totally get the weather being able to make a smile thing. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I, I think this, the answer to this is probably pretty obvious, but I just, I always like to ask my guests this question because it's not always obvious. And it's part of the lesson of this is that you can't always judge a book by its cover. Mm. Um, but where do you consider yourself to fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum? And how has that awareness influenced you as you've gone on your professional path and especially as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm pretty far into the introvert spectrum, pretty far, you know, as an introvert, but I would say that um, it's influenced me as a, as a, in, as a entrepreneur because just the knowledge that I am an introvert mm-hmm. has really helped me to understand that I can take business advice. Um, you know, if I watch a Gary Vaynerchuk video, I can take his advice and then I can use it to um, really understand how it affects me. So mm-hmm. if I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a total extrovert. Yeah. Um, but knowing that there's an introvert-extrovert spectrum, I can then use that advice and realize that his advice is tailored to him. Mm-hmm. And that um, being an introvert, I know that I'm different from an extrovert, and then I can use the business advice that I read on, in business books or on videos or whatever and really use it to tailor it to my own way of being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like, um, as an introvert entrepreneur, you've experienced um, the most challenge? Like, what's been the hardest thing to confront or deal with? Well, there's probably, first of all, phone calls. <laughs> um, but being that I'm a coach and there's quite a lot of phone calls involved, um, it's gotten some, it, it's taken quite a while for me to get used to that. Um, but you know, I'm now, I'm perfectly capable of doing phone calls and all that, even though I'm still not, it's still not my, my favorite, um, way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Well, as you're talking about the phone, you know, it's, I think you just made a really good point about how we can learn how to do something, but it doesn't have to become our favorite thing. Like we don't have to become passionate about it or excited about being on the phone. It can just be something that we reconcile with and say, I can do this and that's okay. Yeah. And um, same with in-person networking too. It's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, I have gotten used to it. I've gone, you know, I've gone to networking events occasionally, but um, knowing that I'm introvert really helps me to understand that there's other avenues that are more um, suited to my own temperament when it comes to creating clients and connections. Yeah. Well, that leads me to, you know, being curious about what did you do before you founded Introvertology and what inspired you to move in that direction and, and start this particular business? Um, before introvertology, well, my nine-to-five jobs have always been, you know, office-related, so an office admin and things like that. Um, but before introvertology, I was also, I also had a few entrepreneurial, like, side hustles. Like, I was doing an Etsy store at one point. I also taught myself how to do um, iPhone apps. Mm-hmm. But um, the real reason why I started introvertology, and, and at first it was just a hobby, was because I was on Twitter. I was talking to a few people, you know, just chatting. And they mentioned that they felt like they were broken and there was something wrong with them. After asking them a few more questions, I started understanding that they were actually an introvert. And the way they were, they were feeling broken was because they were comparing themselves to extroverts. Mm-hmm. So that's actually why I started introvertology itself. It was just a hobby. Um, I knew that 
you know, more people need to be told that they're an introvert. Um, this is just in the beginning of when Susan Cain's book came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it still wasn't talked about that much. So um, I started introvertology, and then eventually it, I started doing life coaching for um, the people who are following me. And um, now I'm a visibility advisor, so I'm helping introverts create an um, online presence. Nice. And when you talk about online presence, what's the scope of which, what does that include? Um, it includes social media. So I'm helping introverts become comfortable on, you know, putting themselves on Facebook lives or maybe mm-hmm. their own Facebook group or Snapchat, basically anything that they want to, any platform that they want to go on, um, which will increase their presence. Um, there's a lot of coaching on, you know, what does it mean to be an introverted leader? Um, how do I make going on social media fun? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it, you know, it, it's so interesting that um, ever since I got into the introvert space, and I'm guessing you have too, I've, I've noticed that there's this love-hate relationship with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we can talk about it as being the greatest thing since sliced bread, <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> for introverts, um, because we get to relate to people in the, you know, the cozy confines of our, our home or our office and reach a lot of people in a very efficient way. But it, there's also this, um, what I've noticed, at least with a lot of my entrepreneur clients is something of a resistance to it and Mm. uh, a wishing of, you know, I wish it would just, I wish it wasn't there. I wish it would just go away. Mm. Um, It's not because they don't appreciate the power that it has, but there's, there's something else that's, it it just gets overwhelming. Even if you were just talking about Snapchat and Facebook live and I'm like, ah, you know, (laughs) I can hear my inner introvert just going, ah, (laughs) so I suppose, you know, for, uh, I'll start with just asking, you know, what have you noticed or what have you experienced? And, and maybe um, when you think about that love-hate relationship, you know, is that something you witnessed or felt yourself? Um, and what do you think that's all about? Well, personally, I have like, I have a love-love relationship with social media. So. <laughs> and that's why you do what you do. Exactly. <laughs> that's why we need you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I've been on um, social media since the MySpace days, basically. Yeah. Um, my parents owned a yarn store, so I was running the social media and the marketing for them. Um, so I, what I do to combat the overwhelm is I just stay on pretty much Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried the other ones. They're not really for me. Um, and I know, you know, the techniques on how to build a platform and everything like that on the other social media accounts, but um, for me, I combat the overwhelm by just being okay with being on a few social media platforms and not trying to be everywhere at once. Yeah. Um, I grew my Facebook page by just posting once a day. You know, most social media gurus will tell you three times a day, but mm. that's not what I did because I knew that wasn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, I think creating a social media presence that works for you um, means that you actually have to pay attention to where your social media overwhelm um, line is and then um, just really stick to that line. Yeah. Well, how do you determine, like you were just saying, you, you figured out that Facebook and Twitter were your primary platforms. Mm-hmm. How, how would you advise someone in, uh, to figure that out for themselves? Like what, you know, is it Snapchat? Is it Twitter? Is it Facebook Live, is it YouTube? Um, how does one determine the role that social media plays in their business? Um, well, first I would, I would ask yourself, what kind of relationship do you want with your um, 
fan base. Like, so each of the social media platforms serve their own purpose in the, in the social media ecosystem. So like Facebook is for connecting. Um, Snapchat is to give your ideal clients a little snippet into your day-to-day -day life. Um, Twitter is for, you know, short discussions and, and spreading information. So really it's about understanding what your ideal client um, wants from you. And it's also combining that with what do you want to do? Like, mm -hmm. do you want to share your snippets of your life? Um, like for me, I, I'm not like a makeup person, so I don't put up makeup every day and be on Snapchat and show little snippets of my life every day. So I'm not on there. Um, so it's really making sure that you know you can just be on the social media accounts that work for you. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even signed up for a Snapchat account. <laughs> I, and there are a couple of things where I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Because um, it seems like they pop up so frequently. Um, they do, yeah. And I appreciate what you're saying about like finding that one that both is one that you feel like you can enjoy, that you're going to feel comfortable contributing to, as well as like where are your people hanging out? Yeah. Um, that seems like that magic combination. Um, yeah. Is there any social media platform out there right now that is maybe not being used heavily for business? Like, I don't know if Snapchat is or not. I think it might be a little bit, but um, that you think has potential that, you would say like, well, if you're kind of stuck in a Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn rut, mm. maybe check out this and see if it has any use for you. Well, Instagram is, is the next big thing. Um, it's actually kind of starting to be a little oversaturated right now. Yeah. Um, but if you aren't on Instagram yet and you, you're thinking of maybe staying away from Facebook or Twitter and you need another social media platform, I would look at Instagram. Okay. Um, Snapchat is starting to get bigger. It used to be just for like, you know, the 18 and under year olds. Um, but more and more people are being, are going on Snapchat right now. So I think Gary Vaynerchuk actually started this whole Snapchat craze. And so now there's actually quite a few business people and marketers on Snapchat now. Mm. So um, if you do want to share your little snippets of your life, um, then I would totally check out Snapchat. Now, is Snapchat one of those where the video disappears after a certain yeah. period of time kind of thing? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Can you give us an example, um, maybe that you've seen from, from Gary or another uh, marketer of how they've used Snapchat to connect with their community? Yeah. Well, I, I do follow Gary Vaynerchuk on Snapchat and um, he basically, he records his daily life. So he uses it as inspiration there's quite a few other people who also use it as inspiration. There's um, a DJ who is on there just giving little inspirational talks um, in 10-second clips to, to his social media followers. Um, and they just use it to, to communicate in little short snippets um, what they want to say to their, their followers. So Gary Vaynerchuk, he'll talk about, you know, how you need to do you, about how you need to hustle um, if you aren't, um, working 9 to 9 p.m. and your your business is failing, then you need to work, you know, longer hours. So mm -hmm. he's basically, he's using it to spread his message, his um, points of view. And um, it works because he's very charismatic. Mm -hmm. So um, it seems to work for him. Yeah. So, so I have to share. 
<laughs> what came up as you were like, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in my mind, what would I do if I had like a little inspirational message, you know, be you and, and uh, all of that, that was around the introvert. And I'm like, okay, I could say, okay, here's a 10 second nap or a 10 second video of me saying, you know, I think it's, it's two o'clock and I think it's time for a nap. So <laughs> here's, here's me starting my nap. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, you know that gives permission for other people to take a nap, <laughs> which I think is a beautiful thing. So you know that that sounds like a very interesting um, way of doing that. <laughs> I doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't know if anybody who's doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I do need to sign up for a Snapchat account. Exactly. I think you should. Like you found your in there. I you think so. Your... Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I feel like I, I owe you something for that <laughs> so 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 we've touched on this just tangentially but one mm -hmm. of the questions that also comes up besides like where should I be showing up is how much do I share on those platforms that I show up on and I think this yeah. comes up especially for introverts because you know we're not introvert doesn't equal shy and and that sort of thing but we do tend to um kind of keep our personal lives personal and and you yeah. know have a sort of private air about us or you know a desire for privacy and social media kind of flies in the face of that um, mm -hmm. in some ways so how do you advise someone who's not sure how to how much to share online and maybe a, a part b to that question or another way of saying it you know how do you manage the blurred lines that can occur between your personal presence online and your professional presence online yeah um well, I think it starts with really having a deep conversation with yourself and finding out where that line actually is. Um, because like on, face on my Facebook page, I don't mention anything about my partner. Mm -hmm. um, I'll mention it on my, my public personal page, but not on my Facebook page. So there's a line right there. Um, and it's, it's one that I am aware of. It's one that I follow. Um, so I think it really starts with, you know, having a conversation with yourself and understanding where that comfort line is and then sticking to it. I also think that you shouldn't feel um, pressured to do anything that you don't want to. Yeah. Um, Facebook is about connection, it, but that doesn't mean that you have to connect by sharing everything. Mm -hmm. um, that's not needed at all. There are some people who are, like, take um, George Takai. He has a really popular Facebook page. Right. And most of it is just him doing puns. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It's just a, yeah. it's a great satire, joke, pun, exactly extravaganza. Yeah, and his so his whole thing is that he's an entertainer, so it works. Um, so really, you know, understand why again. Why are your ideal clients there? What do they want? Um, because they might not need you to share everything about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, if you're just Kai, they just might want jokes from you. Yeah, yeah. I noticed though he uh, when something. Um, that requires some social activism comes up. Yeah. He doesn't hesitate, you know, to um, yeah. put something about that. And sometimes it'll be done in a, in a funny way, but mm. sometimes it's quite serious um, yeah. where he's making a statement. And I think it's because he's built trust perhaps yeah. with people. You know, if you've built trust with your audience, then you can occasionally kind of go to a different space and they'll go with you. Um, you might lose yeah. some people, but you, you can sometimes take that little bit of risk, but only after you've built up that level of trust. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't see that. That's a, a good statement. Um, 
I think there's also some, some level of understanding between the people who are reading your posts um, and you that it is actually your page and you can do mm -hmm. anything you want with it. Yeah. Um, so I think it also, you know, I have to keep in mind that what you want to share is, is totally fine. You, you, do you, if you want to go into politics, that's okay. I mean, personally, I don't do politics either on my page. Mm -mm. Um, I don't want to invite those types of conversation <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I keep that for my, my personal profile. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think trust, I think you're right. I think trust is a big thing on Facebook. Um, but I think, again, there, you know, the politics is really important for to him. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. he's being him when he's posting those types of things. Yeah. Yeah, great point. What do you think of it when someone says, I need to say this, if you like it, then that's great. If you don't feel free to leave, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I notice, at least in my feed, I have a lot of folks who kind of put that out there. Um, any thoughts on naming that particular dynamic that could happen? Hmm. I typically don't do that, <laughs> but <laughs> I have noticed other people doing it, and I think that's okay. I mean, again, you're, you're setting the expectations with your audience of what you're like, um, where your boundaries are, and I think if you do that, that's basically declaring, okay, you're going to be my ideal client if you agree with this. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an, it seems like it's another way of putting your stake in the ground. Yeah. And saying, this yeah. is who I am. And if it doesn't fit with you, that's okay. Um, yeah. You know, it, at least don't say, you know, you're a jerk if you don't agree with me. Right. Um, <laughs> that, that's not, that wouldn't be very nice. No, no that wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that one either. <laughs> so, so what would be, um, and I know this is a, a, a broad question, but maybe it's a, just looking for like one nugget of takeaway around what is your bottom line advice for someone who wants to use social media, particularly as a visibility building tool. You are the visibility advisor, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially an introvert. Um, you know, what's the kind of, what's the bottom line that they should be thinking about as they approach this? Well, I think just to go back to some of my previous advice, it would be again to know yourself and know your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, because part of being visible isn't just shouting from the rooftops and posting, you know, 10 times a day everywhere. Um, it's you talking to your ideal client. Um, and so that really necessitates that you understand yourself and that you understand your ideal clients. Mm -hmm. You're reminding me of the advice they would give somebody at least back, back in the day about being on radio, like talk to one person. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you know, you, I suppose in that case, you'd be talking to your ideal listener, the one that is like excited to hear your show. Mm -hmm. And um, it seems like social media could be the same thing. Like you're posting for one person and it's that ideal person. At least for me, that might help keep it from being overwhelming and also provide something of a litmus test of like, would my ideal client want to read this or yeah. hear this? Yeah, I would actually, I would suggest that you have, um, you know, ideal client avatar or something like that mm -hmm. and write your post to them. Yeah. Great idea. Is that something that you assist people with? Um, yeah, I have my upcoming course is actually 
deals partly with that. Oh, cool. Okay. I want you to um, have a chance to share with us about that course here in just a second. But before that, I have a final question that I ask every guest. (laughs) And um, I have a feeling you'll like this. (laughs) I've waved a magic wand and you have been granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island. All expenses paid. Okay. Yeah. And you can only, but the catch is you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? Um, well, three, three weeks on Ninja Island sounds amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> Make it happen. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably one book would be something that I've tried to read in the past and that lots of people love, but I haven't really been able to get through the whole thing. And um, the first one that came to mind was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably read that. I mean, I think what, what's happened in the past when I've tried to read is that they're just, you know, all of the little chapters have a lot of information in it. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would, it would give me a plenty of time to just sit and think about yeah. all of the chapters. Um, also, I just bought the book, um, Amy Cuddy's book, which is called... Presence. A- yeah. I just bought it too. Yeah. I bet we got um, it at the same sale. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to reading that. And I think it might have um, a lot to do with introversion because it's about how your um, body language affects your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might, I'm guessing it might have something that I can pass on to my clients. Like if you're overwhelmed, if you're failing, if you're about to do a Facebook live, perhaps just sit up straighter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading that and seeing what she has to say. Um, for my last book, I would say it would be something exciting, um, something that, you know, just in case I get bored and I want, you know, I want a little break from my own thoughts. Um, it would be um, a book of short stories by Edgar Allan Poe. Mm, nice. Excellent. Well, thank you for those. Um, and I'm, I join you in being excited to read Amy's book. Mm. Um, I do think that that's going to have a lot of uh, insights for us. Well, how can people get in touch with you and learn about introvertology and that Facebook course that we just mentioned a couple minutes ago? Um, well, you can get in touch with me on my website. It's introvertology.com. I'm also on all, you know, pretty much all the major platforms as introvertology, but I'm on Twitter and Facebook the most. Um, you can find out more about my Facebook course by going to flourishingfbpage.com um, and find out the information there. Great. So the flourishing FB as in Facebook page.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure to include links to all of that in the show notes. So it's easy for everybody to get in touch with you and learn more about that. Well, it has been delightful chatting with you, Thea. Thank you so much. Um, You're, you've piqued my interest in Snapchat and (laughs) as well as now that I'm talking about a nap, I'm like, Hmm, is it too early for a nap? I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't have the, the, the energizer bunny energy of Gary. So Um, no, no, no. (laughs) And I, and that's okay. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom and I hope inspiring um, others to kind of get, get right in their social media relationships. <laughs> totally. Well, thank you very much for inviting me here, Beth. Well, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thanks. Okay. See thanks, Thea. Take care. As I mentioned in my conversation with Thea, I have definitely encountered introverts who have a love-hate relationship with social media. And there are many times when I count myself among them. 
we recognize that it's a powerful tool, but we also see it as a potential distraction and often an energy drain. It's hard to believe that I have an eight-year history with social media, probably like many of you, and six of those eight years have been spent um, focused on the introvert entrepreneur. And over that period of time, it's taken me a while to get the right social media mix, um, to find that right balance of what feels good and what seems to be most effective. And because social media can be something of a moving target, I feel like it's something that I'm still working on. And, and really, as your business evolves, it should be something that you're always working on, you know, not to fall into a rut and be unquestioning about, well, of course, Facebook is where I need to be, or of course, Twitter is it. Um, as your business changes, and as your audience changes, it's always worth it to take a closer look. What I've found over the years is that Facebook still seems to remain as the primary social media home for the introvert entrepreneur. I tend to focus on trying to share um, a mix of my own thoughts um, and insights alongside those of my colleagues. And then because a lot of us go to Facebook a little bit more for the entertainment factor, to put in some jokes and memes and funny photos. And, um, you know, because it's always good to be able to laugh, <laughs> to have that levity, and especially about something that we can tend to take very seriously, and that is our introversion. Um, it's good to laugh at it and to put it into some perspective. And Facebook is a very good place for that. Um, that said, I'm always trying to find that balance between serious or more informative posts and ones that are just meant to entertain. So that's something to look at for your own business. You know, what's the balance that you want to strike? And what does your audience seem to be responding to? I tend to use Twitter as a support to Facebook. So my Twitter posts will mirror what I post on Facebook. But I also try to use that as a place where I can do some really quick interactions with people. And in particular, to promote the folks that I consider to be in my champion circle. So these are the colleagues and friends that I promote their business and they promote mine. Um, we each act as an amplifier for one another's messages. And Twitter tends to be a pretty good place to do that. Twitter is also a great place to hang out if you're trying to connect with the media, because the media are on there quite a bit, because there's so much that's happening um, quickly and in real time. That's something to consider if you are looking at Twitter as part of your strategy. I've really been trying to um, amp up my LinkedIn presence. Um, what I love about LinkedIn is that it is purely professional. They will frown upon the memes and the jokes and the funny photos um, because it's really meant for professional connections. I really saw its power back in March of this year when I posted a recycled blog post from a few years ago. And it was called um, Three Little Words That Will Change Your Life Forever. I had no idea when I posted it that it would go on to be by far my most viewed and shared and commented on post on any platform. As of now, when we're talking here at the end of September, it has garnered more than half a million views. And the conversation continues and the sharing continues. That right there was enough to prove to me the power of LinkedIn, um, because of course, that had a ripple effect into other areas such as book sales and social media follows and connections. Uh, so look seriously at LinkedIn if you're looking to amp up your professional network. 
Instagram is the one place that I have reserved for mostly, I would say like 90% non-business related posts. And I share that because I feel like in all of the social media landscape, it's it feels like if you're going to have energy for any of it, it's good to have at least one platform that you feel like is yours personally, where you can share the cat pictures, the dog pictures, the baby pictures, um, you know, that fantastic uh, meal that you put together for your family. Uh, You know, those kinds of things aren't necessarily appropriate unless that's part of your business to share on the more professional social networking sites. You know, I kind of decided about a year or two ago that Instagram was going to be my my personal playground where I could post pictures of my cat and my dog with wild abandon. And, uh, you know, so think of that for yourself, you know, which one of the platforms do you just enjoy for its own sake, that there's not any agenda that has to do with your business. Um, That gives you at least one place where you feel like you can have fun. One thing that I have noticed that I do not consider a best practice on social media is what I can only call spam commenting. You post something and you'll get these comments and often, you know, depending on the popularity of the post, you'll get several where they'll say, who else loves this? Or I love everything about this. My favorite example actually came today when someone commented on an Instagram photo that I posted the image happened to be of the ceiling in my office, <laughs> which sounds pretty lame. Um, but I had I had been doing a video recording with my iPhone, and so the camera was facing me, and it was still on when I put the iPhone down on my desk. And I looked at the iPhone, and because the camera was still there and facing up, it reflected my ceiling and something about the angle and. And the just the layout of it was pleasing to me. So I quickly snapped a photo and then I shared it on Instagram. Well, the spam comment that showed up was so adorable, <laughs> which there's just no way that you can uh, look at that photo of my ceiling and say that it was so adorable. So clearly that comment is spam. And what I do with spam no matter what platform it's on, is I delete it. And I usually will report or ban the user. Because this is not a practice that we want to encourage. Just ignoring it um, doesn't seem like enough. We need to send a signal that that's not how you engage. And it's certainly not how you promote your business. I'm sure their intention is that I will be curious. I'll link through, you know, I'll click through to their profile and maybe even go to their website. But instead, I just draw the line and I ban them. Think about that for yourself. And, you know, if you're getting those kinds of comments, what your own personal policy is, you you could just let them go, or you could decide to delete them, but not ban or report them. Or you could take that extra step and go ahead and report them. I am strongly in that report and ban camp. Um, Like I said, again, because it's not something that I feel like needs to be um, prolifically done on social media. 
Um, and one last point about social media that I'll share is, you know, perhaps I'm showing my age, but I have not gotten into Periscope or Snapchat or any of these other sort of uh, video-based platforms. But I actually think it's less about my age and more about my energy and where I feel like investing my time and my energy. If you're going to be effective on social media, it's important to have a clear strategy and know where your community is hanging out and interacting. It's important to pick a space where you can be as consistent as possible. And usually you're going to be consistent in a space that you enjoy. So if you say, I really don't like Twitter, unless the market is telling you or your, your industry, your peers are telling you, you have to be on Twitter, then don't be on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, you're going to have the most success with the platform that you enjoy the most. It can be challenging enough um, to keep up with one or two platforms. So adding three or four more or whatever the bright, shiny object of the month is and trying to be good at all of them is often too much, especially if you are working solo. So get out there and engage in conversation on social media, but make sure that you're being smart and strategic about where you put your energy. A quick reminder about my opening invitation to join me for the virtual focus group coming up on October 5th at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can learn more and register for that session at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash focus group. One thing that came from the focus group conversation this week was a reminder to tell you, my podcast listeners, more about what I do and offer through The Introvert Entrepreneur. I try not to sell on this podcast because I find it's it's just not my style. And I hope that um, as you connect with me that you do get curious about what I have to offer. And what was reflected back to me is that it's useful for me to name it more frequently than I do. I mean, because after all, we introverts don't shout from the rooftops, but there is space to share from the rooftops in our own way. In the spirit of sharing, I want to be sure that you know that among my services is one-on-one entrepreneur coaching and consulting. I work with clients anywhere from three sessions to a year or longer, and clients have their sessions in person, on the phone, or using Skype or Zoom. I take a values and strengths-based approach to my coaching, and we focus on any and all aspects of your business. Clients have said that they benefit from the increased accountability, the clarity that they get from having clarification on their priorities and what actions to take, and a safe place to process through the results of those actions, including the successes, the surprises, and the less than desirable outcomes. We do all of this in such a way that honors your introvert energy and builds on your strengths. You can learn more about coaching with me on my website under Work With Beth. I also invite you to schedule a complimentary information session if you want to learn more. The link to make that happen is also under Work With Beth. 
While you're there, take an opportunity to learn more about my book, as well as other resources offered through The Introvert Entrepreneur. We're approaching the one-year anniversary of the publication of my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms. So keep a watch on Goodreads and Facebook, as well as my website for a first birthday giveaway. That anniversary is on November 3rd, so I will be sharing information leading up to that. If you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to share it with your friends and family and colleagues and to take a moment to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or on whichever platform you access it from. Your review makes a difference. It helps other people to discover the podcast. And as I said in the beginning, it helps them to know if it's worth their investment of time. So thank you so much in advance for your consideration. I am very grateful to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and Naja, who is my assistant who produces the episode show notes. And I am extraordinarily grateful to you for spending this time with me. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. 